0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another edition of Spirit Storytime. My name is Bunny, and today's episode, I'm going to be talking about empaths. What is an empath, some traits of an empath, and some personal um, things that I have myself, some personal experiences that I've had in understanding and knowing uh, that I'm an empath. So the dictionary definition of an empath is a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. So that's the, the actual like Webster dictionary um, definition of empaths. Now some traits of an empath. Um, so first of all, a lot of times you're going to hear things. If you're an empath, like you're too sensitive, you you cry too quickly Those kind of things. That's because the number one trait of being an empath is that they are highly sensitive. Um, Empaths tend to be naturally giving, spiritually open, and good listeners. If you want a heart, empaths have got it. Through thick and thin, they're there for you, world-class nurturers, but they can easily have their feelings hurt. Empaths are often told that they are too sensitive and need to toughen up, and that this world is going to eat them, that kind of thing. Um... I think that some of the best people that I've ever known have been empaths and the tools that we can use is, uh, you know, being able to understand other people and having that compassion and understanding. So being an empath isn't a bad thing, although in our society we get we often get told that. The second trait of an empath is that empaths tend to absorb other people's emotions. So empaths are highly in tune to other people's moods, good or bad. They feel everything, sometimes to an extreme. They take on negativity, such as anger, anxiety, which is exhausting. If they're around people that are exhibiting peace and love, their bodies take these on and flourish. So, I'm sure that there's been many times where you've experienced this, and I know I have experienced it, where you can walk into a room and you can just feel the energy in the room. Um... There, It could be a crowd, it could be just one person, but you just kind of sense and you can kind of understand that either it's good or bad, um, but you're going to be able to feel that emotions in the room. Many empaths are introverted. Empaths become overwhelmed in crowds, which can amplify their empathy. They tend to be introverted and prefer one-to-one contact or smaller groups. Even if an empath is more extroverted, they prefer limiting how much time they can be in a crowd or at a party. So I do like to say that, like, I am an extrovert. I do love people. I love to be out. I love to be in crowds. Um, I love going to the mall especially at Christmas time, which a lot of people, they hate. Um, But I do love these things and I love people, but I also need my time away from people um, just to like kind of regroup and and reset. Empaths are highly intuitive. Empaths, Empaths experience the world through their intuition. It is important for them to develop their intuition and listen to their gut feelings about people. This will help enf- empaths find positive relationships and avoid energy vampires. We'll talk about energy vampires in a little bit. So that's uh, you know very important. Is that empaths really are tune to their intuition? Uh, we talked last week about the clairs while I was talking about psychic mediums. So clair sentience, um, the you know clair cognizance, Those those things are going to come through your intuition. The empaths are going to feel things and know things without understanding why they do this. They, A lot of natural empaths, so people who were not taught this, they were just taught that, you know, as a child, they just kept this intuition in them and they were able to figure things out on their own. Empaths need alone time. As super responders, being around people can drain an empath. So they periodically need alone time to recharge their batteries. Even a br- brief experience. Escape prevents emotionally overload. Empaths like to take their own cars when they go places so they can leave when they please. That was a big thing. I remember when there was a time period where I didn't have a car. um, And I would go places. And I'd go to, say, family events. And I would sit in the energy Sometimes not always the best energy for me. Sometimes I could feel the tensions or um, the emotions of other people, and I would get overloaded, but I wouldn't be able to leave because I was relying on a ride by somebody else, and it would actually cause some minor blow ups on my part um, because the emotions would come up. Empaths can be overwhelmed in intimate relationships. Too much togetherness can be difficult for an empath, so they may avoid intimate relationships. Deep down, they are afraid of being engulfed and losing their identity. For empaths to be at ease in a relationship, the traditional... <sighs> Sorry, my cat decided she wants to start meowing. <laughs> the paradigm of being a couple must be redefined. For strategies, um, there's going to be a link to an article that I will link in, in the podcast Facebook page. Empaths are targets for energy vampires. An empath's sensitivity makes them particularly easy marks for energy vampires, whose fear or rage can sap their energy and peace of mind. Vampires do more than drain an empath's physical energy. The especially dangerous ones, such as narcissists, they lack empathy and are only concerned with themselves, can make them believe they're unworthy and unlovable. Other vampires include the Victim, the Chronic Talker, the Drama Queen, and more. So energy vampires, um, either knowingly or unknowingly, will t- really cling to an empath um, because it makes them feel good. And they get the energy from that person. Um, and so that is definitely something that as an empath, you have to be aware of to just kind of understand that you may get sucked into this kind of a relationship, either a friendship, um, even in a family. Uh, you know, a romantic relationship, anything like that, uh, business partnership, and that you have to step back sometimes. Empaths become replenished in nature. The busyness of everyday life can be too much for an empath. The natural world nourishes and restores them. It helps them to release their burdens and they take refuge in the presence of green wild things, the ocean or other bodies of water. My favorite place on the planet, other than Scotland, (laughs) but a very accessible place for me, is I live in Niagara Falls, and I live about 12 blocks away from the falls itself. And my favorite, favorite, favorite place is standing right at the edge of the Horseshoe Falls, right at Table Rock. Um, The energy of that roaring water, Niagara means thundering water, um, that, that energy just kind of helps to replenish my own energy makes me feel good there's also many other times where i will sit by water so i will sit by the by the niagara river up at higher end before it gets to the falls even lower end before it enters um, lake ontario i will find myself sitting near creeks near near lakes Anything like that. So, you know, most people go to the cottage in the summertime and sit out by the lake. Well, of course, because that's where you're surrounded by greenery, you're surrounded by nature. So animals, trees, flowers, plants, wildlife, and then the water as well. But the water is a big one for me. How many times also have you walked outside on a sunny day, felt that sun on your face, closed your eyes and just tilted your head up and just taken that sun like you're a beautiful flower? that's another way to replenish yourself and replenish your energy. Um, the moon will also help. So I look up at the moon a lot and stars and just understanding that you're part of nature and getting that, that, uh, that replenishment from them. There's also been really hard times. I I do not like shopping. (laughs) I'm not a typical girl. So I don't like shopping. I have like a three store maximum. But there are times where I've gone out with my mom and my sister and we go to like six stores and it's just uh, so much draining. And I've actually found myself, um, you know, a little bit, my my emotions are on edge. And so I walk out, I walked over to like this little, little, plot of grass in the parking lot and took off my shoes bare feet just stood on the grass for a couple of minutes just to like let that energy go out of me the 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 energy that I didn't want in me anymore and then the energy that I did want I sucked up from (laughs) from the the grass and the nature empaths have highly tuned senses so an empath can get frayed by noises smells and excessive talking (coughs) excuse me So empaths can, you know, get startled easily, um, smells, I know that I get bothered by some smells, um, things that some people might not even be able to smell at all. Um, noises, uh, sleeping is hard because I can hear things. Um, excessive talking. I don't know. I talk a lot, so I don't know that. And I do like, it depends on what it is. It depends on what you're talking about. Empaths have huge hearts, but sometimes give too much. So empaths are big hearted people and try to relieve the pain of others. A homeless person holding a cardboard sign, I'm hungry at a busy intersection, a hurt child, a distraught friend, it's natural to want to reach out to them, ease their pain. But empaths don't start, stop there. Instead, they take it on. Suddenly, they're the one feeling drained or upset when they feel felt fine before. So the, these are definitely true. Um, empaths will put themselves into the place of other people for sure. Um, I don't necessarily look at that, like I said, as a, a bad thing necessarily. It's just recognizing that it isn't yours, that it is someone else's. And that, uh, you know, that's something that you have to look at. Now, there are six types of empaths as defined. Uh, so the first one is an emotional empath. So the emotional empath is one of the most common types of empaths. If you are this type, you will easily pick up the emotions of others around you and feel the effects of those emotions as if they were your own. The emotional empath will deeply experience the feelings of others in their own emotional body. For an example, an emotional empath can become deeply sad around other individuals who are experiencing sadness. For an emotional empath, it is important to learn to differentiate between your own emotions and those of others. In this way, you can help your ability to help or sorry, you can use your ability to help others without being come becoming drained. There's a physical, the second one is a physical or medical empath. Those with this type of empathy can pick up on the energy of other people's bodies. They intuitively know what ails another person. Many people with this type of empathy, become healers, either in the conventional medical professions or in alternative ones. Physical empaths may feel in awareness in their body when treating someone. They may also see blockages in the, in the person's energy field that they sense need treating. So I do know that I have friends who are um, called medical intuitives, um, I have one specifically and she can walk into like a retail store and immediately her neck could start hurting, her back could start hurting, her shoulder, something like that. And she will know that there's somebody in the vicinity that has that ailment. She has come to realize when those are, those are not hers, that it's somebody else's. Um, I know myself, I have picked up on it intuitively from spirit. So, you know, a really bad headache when I'm driving down the street. And then I said, wait a second, this isn't mine. And instantly it went away. So something like that, I think you can ask yourself, is this mine? Um, Ask at the heart chakra, say, you know, is this emotion mine? Is this whatever mine, this pain, this whatever mine? And um, you'll, you'll come to recognize the yes and the no. You can try it kind of like a lie detector, how they get you to ask a, or they ask you a question that they know is a definite yes and they know is a definite no. And then you can kind of recognize what it feels like, what a yes and a no feels like inside your body. And then you can um, you can then know from there what it is that you are going to do when when you actually come across that. So geomantic empaths. Geomantic empath is sometimes called a place or environmental empath. Those with this ability have a fine attun- attunement to the physical landscape. If you find yourself uncomfortable or really happy in certain environments or situations for no apparent reason, you may be a geomantic empath. If you are a geomantic empath, you will feel a deep deep connection to certain places. You may draw- be drawn to sacred stones, groves, churches, or other places of sacred power. You may also be sensitive to the history of a place and be able to pick up on sadness, fear, or joy that have occurred in locations. Place empaths are highly attuned to the natural world and grieve for any damage to it. They watch with horror when trees are cut down or landscapes destroyed. If you are this type of empath, you will probably need to spend time in nature to recharge. You may also find helping in an environmental project very healing for you. It is also important for you to make your everyday surroundings as harmonious and beautiful as you can. You may feel happier if you fill your house with plants and natural scents. You might also like to choose natural materials such as wood and linen for your clothing and furniture. So I know that I do have some of these um, tendencies, I guess, some of these traits of being uh, being this type of empath, the geomantic empath. Um, As I said, it is easy to to recharge. The plant empath is number four. If you are a plant empath, you intuitively intuitively sense what plants need. You will be green fingered and have a true gift for placing the right plant in the right place in your garden or home. Many plant empaths choose to work in parks, gardens or wild landscapes where they can put their gifts to good use. In fact, if you have chosen an occupation that involves plants, then you're probably a plant empath. Some people with this gift actually receive guidance from trees or plants directly by hearing it within their mind. If you are this kind of empath, you will already know that you need a lot of contact with trees and plants. You might like to strengthen this bond by sitting quietly by a special tree or plant and attuning more closely to its needs and guidance. (coughs) Um, I myself do touch trees and plants and talk to them, um, but... I wouldn't say necessarily that that I'm a plant empath, but I do know some people who are, for sure, who exhibit traits. Number five is an animal empath. Many empaths have a strong connection with animals. However, an animal empath will probably devote their lives to working for the care of our animal friends. Those with this gift will know what an animal needs and may be able to technically communicate with the creature or telepathically, sorry, communicate with the creature. If you are an animal empath, you probably already spend as much time with animals as you can. You may find that studying the biology or psychology of animals helps you to refine your gift. You could also consider training as an animal healer or as a special talent can enable you to find what is wrong with an animal and treat it accordingly. I also do have a friend, um, Mary Beth Haynes. I'm pretty sure that I mentioned her um, in a previous podcast, but I will mention her again. She is an animal, uh, communicator. She's also the one who I took an empath course with on, uh, on the different types of being an empath. That was a Plerk shop as, as she likes to call them. Um, and that's a playing workshop. So it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And she's a really great, um, facilitator of learning. And she does teach about animal communication. I am aware to my mother, somebody like my mother. Um, so my family, we all really love animals. Uh, we've always had pets, so cats, dogs, um, gerbils, hamsters, birds. you know, we've always had animals in our family. My mom, though, um, for as long as I could really remember, she's a vegetarian. And so the reason that she's a vegetarian is because she feels for the animals. So she cannot eat them. Um, For a little while, I was a vegetarian. Um, I had some stomach issues and I thought that I had a problem eating meat. So that's why I gave up meat. I also had this, I was still eating chicken. And the one time when I went to eat the piece of chicken, I could just feel and I couldn't eat it. And I knew that what it was that I was feeling was, um, at the time of its death, its fear and its pain, and it transferred into the meat of the chicken and I couldn't eat it. So most animal communicator, um, or animal empaths are going to become vegetarians or vegans because they, they feel too strongly with the animals, um, that they wouldn't be able to consume them. Uh, now, the sixth one, the final one, claircognizant or intuitive empath. If you are a claircognizant or an intuitive empath, you will pick up information from other people simply by being around them. One glats- glance at someone can give you all kinds of insight into that person. You will immediately know if someone is lying to you because you can sense the intention behind the words. Those with this gift resonate to others' energy fields and read the energy of others very easily. This is closely related to the telepathic empath who can read another person's thoughts. If you have this ability, you need to surround yourself with people who you feel aligned with. With this gift, you may need to strengthen your energetic field so that you are not constantly bombarded with the thoughts and emotions of others. Being an empath is not easy. You may find it confusing, disorientated, and exhausting. However, understanding which of the types of empath you are can help you use your gifts and abilities to help you and those around you. Um, I know that part of the, I, I would resonate with a few of them. Some, I think in some ways, all six of them, but definitely, um, the last one, clear cognizance and intuitive empath and knowing things about people without knowing how I know, um, even knowing when somebody's lying. So the, uh, the problem with that though is that probably when you were a kid, um you know, when I was a kid, I am sure people would have lied to me and I would have got mixed signals because I would have known that they were lying, but then they would have told me that no, I you know, they were telling me the truth and it would I would have not not completely understood like what is it is it my feeling or is it actually uh them. And I'm even though I know somebody's lying to me, I might not be able to know what they're lying about. So I don't know specifically, you know, that they that they said, if it's, okay, so I'll just give an example. So if I asked my kid what he did and where he went, and he said, I went to the store. And I could feel that that was a lie. But I wouldn't know if it was that, he did go to the store, but went somewhere else. Or when he went to the store, he, you know, didn't go all the way in. Or if he completely went somewhere else, went to the park. So that would be a, a thing where I wouldn't know exactly what it is, but I know that he's lying. Um So that's what it is, is I can feel the feelings of the intent. I can feel that lie behind it. um, That deception that he's he's giving, I can feel that. Now, another thing too, is about the... um the geomantic empath. So I think that that also includes things like earthquakes and things in nature, um, tornadoes, tsunamis, that sort of thing. I also have the, um, ability to feel kind of globally people's feelings. So right now, as I'm doing this podcast, the big story of 2020 is the coronavirus, the COVID-19, I guess is what they're now calling it. Um, and it's bringing a lot of fear to a lot of people. I myself, am not afraid of it. However, I am feeling the world fear. So the community fear, the global fear. That's what I, I'm feeling that I'm experiencing that. Um, and I have to recognize when it's mine and when it's not. I have also woken up. There was the big tsunami that happened on Boxing Day. I can't remember what year it was. Um, and I remember I was I was sleeping at the time that it happened, and I woke up instantly with my heart racing, my stomach sinking, and this complete feeling of dread. Later, I hear the news and that, and I find out that that's what happened, and I understand. Oh, that's why I was feeling that um when kobe bryant died uh in that helicopter crash uh earlier this year him and six other people passed away including his 13-year-old daughter so many people were mourning him and i don't really follow uh basketball i barely even knew who he was other than the fact that he was a pretty well-known basketball player i wouldn't have been able to tell you what team he played for or anything um and But I could feel that grief, I could feel that heaviness, that sadness, and I had to recognize that that was not actually me. So that's, that's something that you have to be cognizant about, or, you know, understanding about, aware of, Um, and, you know, that, that's the kind of things that I like to make sure that I clear out and I use the self-love and I use the time and don't get hard on yourself. Sometimes when you're feeling those down feelings, it might not be yours. So it might be sometime. like, if I'm really feeling like that, I'll get out into nature. I'll go over by the falls. I'll feel that feeling. Um, I I have my ways. I watch some comedy on, you know, YouTube or uh, comedy, you know, a comedian on Netflix, something like that, just to get out there and laugh. I have some books and some movies and TV shows that I know are going to make me laugh and bring up my mood a little bit. And that can help um, you know, taking a shower, taking a bath, letting that water clean, clean out your, your worries or your emotions. I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, episode of Spirit Storytime. Thank you for joining me and, uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.